0: They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of, they talking all of, they talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. Of this madness.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Mad Madness Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host for tonight, Alo Aaron Lloyd. I'm joined by my best friend, act 2 fly Eric Trembicki.
0: Hello. Welcome
1: back. And Josh Preppagina. Say hello, Josh. All right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> All right, so uh, it's been almost two months since you guys heard from us, so... Too long, too long,
0: too long.
1: No pun intended, so basically... People's like,
0: alerts from subscribing to us, they're, they're freaking out right now.
1: <laughs> so in those, in those two months... So
0: what the game's been missing.
1: So in those two months, basically, uh, what's been going on? Uh, people cared about trash bags for a week, ring it, um, women rings his own killed it, Impact type of individual's it. Cody cuts terrible promos. Did I miss anything? Uh,
0: no. Yeah, you missed your opinion. I, <laughs> I'm not going to agree with it. He's got terrible promos.
1: Well, We'll talk about that America one later. America versus you will anyway. get to it. Okay. So, another thing we, we missed while we were going, I believe it was the day after we recorded our last episode. So, WWE made some releases, and they also made some releases today. So, today's releases consisted of Braun Strowman. Well, Yesterday, Braun Strowman, Alison Black, Lana, Ruby Riott, Murphy, Santana Garrett. They joined Chelsea, Green, Samoa Joe, Iconics, Vanessa Bourne, Mickie James, Velocene Dream, and others. So, we all know how I, how I kind of take these things. You know, I don't really get bent out of shape unless you actually had a lot left on the table. And a lot of these guys, they didn't really have much left, left on the table. A lot of these guys actually peaked in Pete or WWE just is not going to do anything with them. So, I'd rather them just go somewhere elsewhere and succeed, so is there anybody here that you felt got the short end of the stick out of these current releases from yesterday and the ones from the previous couple of months?
0: Oh, yeah, I mean I have a hard time, not you know, I feel like the Iconics from the main roster, the two of them as a duo, never did the right thing together. Mickey James being back for four or five years, and again, I'm going back to the original releases, the, the fact that she never got to touch or kiss gold again in the company, silly. Uh, The biggest, most important one for me, Samoa Joe. If you're telling me there's no meat left on the bone with Samoa Joe, that doesn't make any sense. Samoa Joe anywhere, there's always meat on the bone. But going up to present day with the six most recent releases, Buddy Murphy, 205 Lives, Best Kept Secret, and A Stud in the Ring, Uh, A great heel, a great baby face, the one that deflowered Rey Mysterio's daughter. I mean, (laughs) it's it's a heartbreak to lose him. Um, Short end of the stick, Santana Garrett. Who remembers that she actually worked for WWE? I have a hard time stomaching that. Uh, She's beautiful, and she can go in the ring. Um, I I don't want to go into, like, the isms of the world, but, like, Mickey James has touted up and down about ageism being a thing in WWE. Well, is Santana Garrett too old to get a push in WWE? Has she been around too long where she's not going to get a push on any roster? Um, She definitely got the short end of the stick. There's no doubt about it. Aleister Black kicks my boy Biggie in the head and he's gone. That makes no sense. There's no logic. There's no good answer for... You're re-debuting, repackaging a wrestler, and then he's like, "Up." There's no excuse. Any of these people that love and die by the sword of WWE cannot make a a respectable argument for that. You can try all your heart out. I'm not here to hear it. Um, And then the other thing I really feel bad about, I'm not the hugest Braun Strowman fan. I never was. But um, a very large draw for the company a former world champion you know somebody that the fans could boo the fans could cheer and he's also been interviewing for the past two years about how he is a wwe lifer he doesn't want to wrestle elsewhere he's here he's here for the company and for him to over a year before his contract's up get dropped I, i i don't get it i i feel bad for the guy
1: so, for me personally, um, the iconics were at the top of the list because their lack of success was due to WWE because WWE had no reason to split them up whatsoever and then throw Peyton in a tag team with um, Lacey Evans. There was, oh. there was no reason for that whatsoever. Now, Billy Kay was awesome on SmackDown by herself, trying to fit in with everybody and with the whole resume thing. I love that, but WWE, they did them no favors by splitting them up, so them not succeeding was all on WWE's part. And those are the... And, those are the people that I'm. Those are the people that I'm going to name off that WWE just failed completely. Samoa Joe. Kind of, it's kind of hard for, with Samoa Joe because, granted, Samoa Joe's excellent everything he does. It excellent in commentary. By kind of thinking they had that, he was like the new Macho Man. You know, he hit commentary and they didn't want you to. Re- they, they, they probably just didn't want him to wrestle anymore, or they or and not clear him to wrestle and became the new the next Macho Man on commentary. So. I, I agree. Samoa excellent in any role that you actually put him in. He was the best commentator in the company, behind Vic Joseph, I think. But it's a shame that he didn't get to higher levels. But he definitely had a long standing in WWE. It's hard to believe he was actually there for six years. You know, time actually flew in that time, and he did a lot in that six years. And that's that's one thing I'm always always harp harp on, is the fact that a lot of these guys like they'll hit certain peaks, and like if you're not going to do them, just let them go. And with the releases, I don't always take them as. Like, it's like, I, I kind of, I, ta- I kind of take them as sports, you know, like if the Eagles release somebody, you know, they'll find a job somewhere soon and find another team. So it's a little so, fun.
0: so I get that and I can really appreciate that. But at the same time, so Vince always want to cry about this isn't sports. This isn't wrestling. This is sports entertainment. So if it's entertainment, like how many times do a lot of these people, whether whether they get their get to their peak whether it's what they deserve or not they're they're not getting their just due as far as what they could do they're not getting their their just due they're they're not winning certain battles that they should like some of these guys that go through the like Samoa Joe you telling me you the main roster there's there's no way all that Brock stuff he should have got he should have got a championship reign and I think I'm, I'm, I'm really harping this back to a lot, of, a lot of the A&E stuff that's going on where, you know, they're, they're talking about how there are certain feuds that happened, And, you know, they're glorifying their, these guys' careers now. However, on the road to that career, how they didn't get the proper payoff. And right now, constantly, WWE is doing that certain stuff where, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to it probably three more times in the show. Aleister Black just came and kicked Biggie in the head, and he's gone. Or Tomorrow night on SmackDown, is, is is that a ghost? Who kicked Biggie in the head? Is that a ghost? What happened last week?
1: Um, He wasn't on last week. I don't
0: even watch SmackDown. He wasn't on confused. last
1: week. Oh, what was it two weeks ago? Yeah, it was two weeks ago. He wasn't on SmackDown last week. Okay. Who kicked Biggie in the head two weeks ago? Was it a ghost? <laughs> it was like, I, I agree about sometimes everybody don't get doesn't get their just due Now, it's like – for example, like that's one thing with companies like AEW or Impact, for example, you know they're not so they're not into their stockholders or what, and all the, all that other stuff. Like they'll give somebody a moment. Like this might be an example, a good example, and you'll see where I'm coming from. Like the whole Brody Lee when Brody Lee passed away, AEW made a tribute show. WWE wouldn't do that. You kind of see what I'm saying. So sure. it's like other, sure. these other companies they'll give you, they'll give you just do, but WWE always so political and there's always politics going go the company they just don't do things a certain way now Samoa Joe like I, said, I agree like if you go back to the shows from four years ago when Samoa Joe was on his run, with Brock Lesnar we were just harping, harping in the fact that this, this dude's fucking awesome he needs a title Jim Jinder him.
0: Hall was a world champion in WWE Yeah, it was, all po- was. It, was all,
1: it was all political that, that, it was all political and that's the problem with WWE sometimes and I'll kind of get to that a little later about when somebody gets their moment you actually feel excited for him, and um Chelsea Green, that's another one for me because, for and she said this on interviews that she's actually like a character, and WWE they need characters and on the main roster, and she didn't even get a chance to actually be a character on a television show because she ended up getting hurt. Now Braun Strowman, our 2017 Superstar of the Year, I'm not a I'm not a Braun guy at all. You know, t- 2017 he did win Superstar of the you Year. You were at both. huh?
0: You, you and I both yeah. never were, neither Yeah,
1: and then, for example, in 2017, when he did win the Superstar of the Year for us, that was the first time we actually saw the best of Braun. But for the past four years since then, it's been consistently the same thing. He's going to um, basically j- just destroy shit all the time. And that's all And that's all it is. And that's all he really seemed to benefit at and what actually got a reaction out of people. And the Alistair Black thing, like you said, stop and, stop and, um, stop and start with him on numerous occasions. But... I said, if I said, he'll end up on his feet well. And if you, got, if you people really support these guys, you can support them wherever they end up going, whether it's AEW Impact or New Japan, whatever. Support them more on Pro Wrestling Tees, uh, whatever else, the, whatever else the kind of merchandise they sell on their own personal website, to support them there. But I think a lot of these guys will end up on their feet in no time, whether it's AEW Impact or New Japan. The one, another one, another one that um, is kind of weird, and I understand it completely, is Velveteen Dream. Uh, he came out and made a statement about all his DM issues or because it was always
0: I didn't see I didn't see his coming out thing. I guess I guess the dirt sheet I frequently checked and it unless he came out within the past couple hours. No,
1: it was a couple of weeks ago on his Instagram. He basically came talked about the situation or whatever. I don't remember everything specifically, but WWE they went in such a tight spot with him because after the allegations came out last year, right pretty Close to the to the day for a year, WWE they released a lot of those guys, and Drevolteen Dream wasn't one of them. And everybody was like, and everybody was in uproar, like, why isn't he released? And then NXT, WWE, NXT, they still tried to use him, but basically they would shat on him every time they saw him, and in their and WWE's eyes, it's like, who shat on him? Everybody, social media, like, there was...
0: Social media. I was going to say, WWE never shattered. Oh,
1: no, no, no. I mean, like, the fan. Like, the Where, fans... if anything,
0: they should have. No, the like, fan, like, the fan... If there was someone to bury, it should have been him. Like, the... like, all this shit was happening, and he had an NXT title match.
1: Yeah, like, like, the fans were not having it, even though they they found nothing. And if you go back, it, it may still be on his Instagram page. You might be able to find it about... He explains what actually happened. But they were in a tight spot because it's like okay we can't put this guy on TV because there's going to be an uproar so it's like we got to let him go and I don't think he's going to find work for a very long time until he's actually I, fully clear.
0: I, I wouldn't think so either here, here, here's my thing with him and I was a fan I, I had big hopes for him I'm sorting through figures I'm looking to sell and I'm looking at his first elite and I'm like what a heartbreak
1: mm-hmm.
0: however here's my thing with him that guy the allegations i'm just i'm only going to go on allegations allegations wise he sent inappropriate pictures not going to get into details he sent inappropriate pictures to minor males same sex males keeps his job enzo amore has consensual sex which is rumored to be non consensual sex with a female and loses
1: his job. This, this, this is one thing of what it though. And we all know Enzo Enzo got fired because he never told WWE. Now, granted, he came out innocent on the end, but like Velvet, we said we don't, we're not behind the scenes, so we don't know. So Velvet, who knows? He may have actually gave WWE all this information, and we just don't know. Because WWE, I believe, was a couple... And of he may not have. Yeah, because like they, said, they said they did their research. Because WWE, like they were quick to release the other people from the company who were caught.
0: And also, like, I think in a weird way, in the long run, if you look back, the upside-downside, like the money... Enzo Amore clearly made WWE way more money than Velveteen Dream did. But I think they looked at the upside that Velveteen Dream, due to the size difference, and they looked at him in not a tag team, not a mid card. He was a main. He was NXT's main eventer. And what could he be on the main roster? They looked at what he potentially would make the company. I always look at it. They saw, all right, he's not a small guy. Let's let's eat shit because he's gonna make us money in the long haul. Yeah, you, you,
1: you can make that argument, and that's the thing. Like we just we just won't know. Like I am not gonna knock that argument, but from. And to like, listen, we, 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 you could take either side, because like I said, with evidence, they released the other people, and I understand Velveteen Dream did have upside. But it's just a rough situation, because I don't think he's going to find work for a long time until he's actually fully cleared of everything. All right. So, last, 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 this past Sunday, A-W-double-nothing. If you've never been with us, us before, we'll play through our rating system. The wing Podcast has a rating system in place. If it's a horrible show, it gets a jobber. If the show falls somewhere in the middle, it gets a slobber knockout. And if it is an amazing show, it gets the rating of ratings, it will get a showstopper. All right, thank you, Howard. All right, so, AW Double or Nothing. is the first full-capacity wrestling show since the pandemic. And AEW is your thing, and so I'll let you start first. Give me your thoughts about AEW Double or Nothing.
0: AEW Double or Nothing was a beautiful show, top to bottom. I, um, I'll start off on, one, initially being sick that I was not there. Um, I watched Double or Nothing from a beach house where I also watched double or nothing 2019 Double or nothing 2020. I watched in my apartment with you and Pratt during the pandemic, but I'm getting flashbacks to thinking about how dope the first double or nothing was and thinking, you know, this nostalgic, I'm watching in the same place, but I'm also, I just wish I was there energy of the crowd. I'll tell you what, um, I'm going to go real old school on, on you and you'll pop for this. Um, I'm watching the buy-in, the pre-show and the pre-show match. And I'm seeing the crowd loving it and reacting. And I'm like, wow, a WWE event. They would never. Uh, and I'm literally, I'm like joking. My nostalgia in my head. I'm like, maybe on a Sunday night heat in the late nineties for the pre-show. Remember Sunday night? Heat used to run before the WWF pay-per-views. I'm like, this is like WWF Sunday Night Heat in the '90s. They're reacting like they're they're loving this match. Um, this was a beautiful show put on. This is no doubt about it. Currently at the moment, the show of the year. This is the event of the year. The match is delivered top to bottom. Um, I, I literally off the last decade, maybe the last fifteen years, the last twenty years. I want to know a better pre-show match than this NWA Women's Championship match. Uh, I thought, you know, I think five minutes before it ended, I kept thinking, oh, it's going to end now, it's going to end now. I'm like, damn, these two are good. I love the show. And I'm going to jump right into my rating. Uh, AEW Double or Nothing 2021 is a showstopper. All
1: right. So I did hear that the pre-show women's match was better than the main car women's match. Now, I have not seen... The NWA women's title They match.
0: showed off. They showed I, off. I, I've, I've heard they did. I, I, I would think they're, they're, like, I would almost think, I, I don't want to knock um, Britt and Sheeta, but I would almost think they, they were hating on them because there's no reason a pre-show match should be as good as it was. Like, if you, anyone that ever since Austin Aries has left WWE and he touts about how good him and Pox match was on the pre-show for Mania, like, this match, again, it just had no right to be as good as it was.
1: So, my rating, I'm going to give it a high slobber knocker. So, like I said, this is the first wrestling show with full capacity. And the crowd didn't... Did dis- you
0: watch the whole show? I did. Okay.
1: So... match
0: pre-show?
1: No, I did not. Yeah. So, like I said, this crowd is... Well, this company is what these... Is what the um this type of crowd is. So these guys, the crowd showed up. The crowd was hot from the beginning. Now people are saying show of the year so far, and we can we can revisit that. Well, we are going to revisit that at the end of the year because you judge it differently now because they have full capacity. Now when show when companies start having their full their other shows with full capacity, to each other.
0: had eight capacity, and I still don't think with the rain and Smojo in a, in a uh, poncho still don't compare.
1: Yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna compared to wrestlemania we have so much more to actually go off of you probably compare it to the
0: zombie show i get it
1: of course um so i thought hangman and cage was the perfect opener i thought that was the match of the night now i enjoyed
0: why couldn't it be for the ftw title
1: because it's nothing um (laughs) Now, I enjoyed the, the prop. I enjoyed the story of the match. with the only blemish on Hangman's record was from Cage, and the involvement of Team Taz. And I think, I think Cage will work way better as a babyface, especially against Team Taz. So like, I would really like to see him against uh, Powerhouse Baby Hobbs. Do it. And uh, like the Bucks aren't for me, but uh, I thought they had a fun match with Mox and Kingston. The ending of the Battle Royal. The, the Bucks are for you. Are not. They're not for me. Are not. not. Yes. Um, the ending of the battle royal, I thought was fun with Jungle Boy and Christian. I thought Matt Hardy and Private Party they stole that battle royal with uh, Matt offering Private Party to cut their to cut their uh, his percentage down to 15%. I thought that was a lot of fun. I was really happy for Britt Baker to win the championship. Now, like when it comes to like heels, you know, like when a heel when a, when it's clear that a, a heel is a is the best in the company, when they win a championship and get their moment, you cannot help but to love it. And that's one thing I love with Britt Baker. And, and like, the crowd wanted her to win so bad.
0: Oh, so bad. It's hard to tell she was the heel, but she's such a heel, but she's so loved.
1: Yeah. So, and, and like, for example, like, sometimes you with with Sheeta, a lot of Sheeta matches, sometimes you think she's actually going heel, but that's how her style actually is when she gets real, real vicious in the ring. But the crowd was behind both these women, but the crowd wanted Britt Baker. I've been wanting Britt Baker to win since last year, and I'm glad she got her just I like the story about how they re-implemented the whole broken nose thing, because I completely forgot that was against Sheeta last year. Completely forgot. So I'm glad that actually came back into, into play. The world title match, I thought that over exceeded expectation, because another thing about AEW that I, I, I don't really like is this whole ranking system, because a lot of times they, they count wins that are not on TV, and you're just like, if you gave me five guesses, I would not have guessed Pac and Orange Cassidy were, were the number one contender. I wouldn't have guessed any of those guys. But I think they exceeded expectation. I thought Orange Cassidy was like a great underdog in the, underdog in the match, and Kenny Omega with Don Callis worked, um, did a great job. Um, commentary is horrible. I'm sorry in AEW. I see. I kind of see everybody's pointing out with JR. It's like they just. I don't know. It's just something off about it. It's just like they're just saying the most random stuff. Like it, it's it's really strange. And the Stadium Stampede, I did enjoy it, but I don't think it was as good as last year's. Last year, like every little thing that happened actually kind of like meant something to an extent. But I did appreciate that Sammy Guevara was the one who got the pinfall because go because all the stuff with MJF in the inner circle and MJF was kind of like messing with Sammy Guevara, trying to get him out the entire time. I thought it was great that Sammy Guevara actually was the one who saved the inner circle from having from not having to split up. So I did enjoy that. Um Overall, it was a really good it was a really good show. Um like I said I still I said I like me as a wrestling fan now, like all wrestling companies have their problems. It's like I'm just one, I'm just at the point where I just want to be entertained. You know, um one thing about like AEW fans, I, the one thing I'll give them, they're loyal as hell. I'll give them that because there's a lot of like double standard, like there's like things that a, like things will happen in A in WWE, AEW has the same problem. They'll they won't call AEW out. Um but
0: so, so with that being said, so so you kind of ran through your, your your hot take on the whole card. I really just try to drive dive more into my overall thing and, and the pre-show. So there, there's some there's some points uh, that you made there. Um, again with with the you know, to piggyback off the the buy-in, I love the women's NWA women's title match. And it, it was ironic with how much the heel is cheered and loved for winning in the AEW Women's Championship match. Britt Baker finally getting her moment, well deserved. AEW Tag Title match, great match. I love the match. And it was one of those things where I don't want to say I agree with fans. Like wrestling fans are the most dirty, disgusting things to me yep. at, at most times because yep. it's like one of those things where. Like, I read something and, like, I hated agreeing with it, but, like, I, I hate, like, I hate the, the random mashup of, like, WWE does it like it's going out of style, where a random tag team wins tag titles. But it's, like, imagine that first live crowd getting mocks, like, how over, like, mocks and, King, and Kingston, when they came through the crowd, that entrance... That entrance right there pissed me off. I really wanted to be there <laughs> when I saw that entrance. That entrance was so good. But imagine if they would have won, and if that crowd would have got that live moment of them winning the titles, and if they could have had the titles for a week and a half. And then the Bucks are now two-time AEW World Tag Champs. It could have been a lot better for the storytelling. So I get, and I appreciate that. Um, that that's a nitpick I can appreciate. Running through the card, I appreciated the Battle Royal. It's funny, I was listening to a podcast earlier. It's funny, like, the all-in, which we were there for Chicago, the all-in Battle Royal was revered as, like, the greatest Battle Royal of all time. I've had nitpicks with every AEW Battle Royal ever since. None of them are even close to living up to it. I did love you and I being, uh, you know, European title marks. I did love, you know nostalgic european champions christian and matt hardy being a, a, in in the ring ending with uh jungle boy um i appreciated that i you know i love the like like you said i love the opening match i, I love the world tournament i actually unlike you i really appreciated the triple threat it's it's the most important triple threat in aew's history um, I do not watch AEW Dark. I do not watch the AEW show on Monday or on YouTube. However, I can appreciate because I like to think I'm a big AEW fan, but there are a lot of people that are way more psycho about it than I am. So if they want to watch three hours of just straight wrestling matches and they're keeping stats, I can appreciate that they know Orange Cassidy yep. is one of the top two. I can appreciate that Pack is... And those guys being in that point, that makes sense to me. So as a mid-tier, high mid-tier fan, I'm not surprised that those guys are the guys that should be challenging Kenny. So that doesn't bother me. I actually love the ranking system because it makes sense. As where somewhere else, it may just be like, yo, my brother's back from injury. Yo, we're, we've been here forever, so we're challenging for the titles. Uh, so I'm a little biased here because that ranking system typically makes some sense. So that's why I, I do like that. That's why I obviously do enjoy this place. My biggest nitpick of the whole show, I'm still I still give it the rating I give it. My biggest complaint the 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 one thing you skipped over, the tag team match.
1: Oh thinking, I, I don't want to take Russell. Oh no, abso- 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 absolutely not! Like, like, absolutely not. Now, like for example, like that whole "you still got it" shit, because he, because he fucking jumped. Like, I do. Although I do like the uh, Ethan Page with Scorpio Sky as a tag team. I do like that because that was one thing that, like months ago, when Ethan Page debuted and he just disappeared. That's like a, it's a similar thing to WWE, but it's a, it's a whole T, it's a whole TV thing. Everybody can't get on the show, and I understand it, but. That them two together, I really did enjoy, and I enjoyed like them, them their chemistry in the match. I, and when Ethan Page threw Darby Allen to the through the front row, that was awesome. Yo,
0: that was <laughs> that was beautiful. Bam Bam is, Bam Bam is one of my elites. I will stay forever after that spot. So this was, the, the, you know, it, it, Ethan Page. No pun intended. Is over with me um i can't help but think of prep every time i see the guy (laughs) however i i love scorpio sky scorpio sky is the first ever aew world tag team champion if he's not with frankie Kazarian or christopher daniels i don't want to see him in a tag team me personally because whether he turned heel after the match or not when he lost his tnt title match i was pissed i want him to be a tnt champion Last week, tomorrow, next week, next month, I need him to be the TNT champion. I want him to be a single champion because I'm a fan of Scorpio Scott. I like him a lot. Um, However, to get back to the Scorpion, Sting. um, This whole thing about, like, Sting beating somebody's ass, that's (laughs) I don't know. It just doesn't really sit well with me. I'm not a pro wrestler. I'm not a pro fighter. But I have a hard time thinking somebody that's 62 years old, granite, fictional, scripted, or whatever, is going to come and whoop my ass. <laughs> I have a hard time thinking that if somebody that's 62 is hesitating to jump off of, I don't know, a top turnbuckle or a platform or on top of me, that I'm not going to punch them in their face while they're slowly guiding down to me. I have a hard time buying into, sorry, Steve Borden, a senior citizen whooping somebody's ass. Sting is too old. I, I mean, I appreciate his career more and more and more. I was not a WCW guy, but whenever I'm watching his old stuff, I like the guy more and more and more. But the more and more I see him in AEW, I don't like him.
1: Okay. Now, Steve. I I, I, go ahead. It,
0: yo, my least favorite thing on Wednesday Night Dynamite is when he comes out for his promo. <laughs> is the most repetitive thing. It's literally my only beef with the company. Okay, I love the company.
1: Now see, what you just did right there is perfect. Now see, the things I'm saying, saying every company has problems. Fine. But all I'm saying is keep the same energy with everybody. That's all I'm asking for. Th- that's it. And right there, you're keeping the same energy because you, you would say the same thing if that happened if Sting was wrestling on Raw. You would say the same thing. And that's all I'm asking for from these wrestling fans. They don't keep the same energy because the same shit back is there. That's all I'm asking for. Four or five years ago, I
0: did want him to beat Seth Rollins and be WWE champion for 30 hours. I wanted him to have the title just for that nostalgia moment and then maybe get a bro kick and lose the title, take a pedigree and lose the title. But... This whole thing in AEW, I mean, good for him. He's going out on his old note, but it needs to end sooner than later. All right. So, head Scorpio Sky. I don't need to be losing to him ever again. All
1: right. So, Dynamite doesn't happen until tomorrow. We're recording on a Thursday night, so I'm again to go ahead.
0: It's, it, it, all right. So I'm a little lost because I did appreciate Dynamite last week on Friday, coming at the different hour. Is Dynamite until moving CBS, is that on Fridays now?
1: Uh, I'm not sure about every time.
0: I turned the TV on last night. I thought I was watching Dynamite.
1: No, no, because um, the, the NBA playoffs are on. So I'm not sure, I'm not sure how long it's going to be on Fridays. But it's on Friday this week. So since Dynamite hasn't happened, I'm just going to hit on a couple things. And granted, the success of this – isn't, isn't the success of this isn't as I guess it's maybe not as big as it should should have been because it should have been a big deal and that's Kenny Omega reuniting with the uh, Gals and Anderson in and the Bucks to for their version of the Bullet Club now Kenny Omega when he won the title the Super Elite thank you uh, so Kenny won the title united with Don Callis the, the, all those guys come together Kenny Omega's hopping. Back and forth between Impact as well. He has four cha- he has four titles at the moment. So I'm not like I said, I'm not like this isn't for me. So you being the AEW guy, I'm gonna let you take this. What are you What are your thoughts on Kenny Omega's run right now w- with all the championships?
0: Man, all right, loaded the question, and we all know I have the longest response in the world. So I'm gonna try to sum it up. I like it. It's different. Um, We've seen things like this with Ultimo Dragon, a few other wrestlers, Austin Aries a few years ago trying to be the Bell Collector. All disrespect meant it. No wrestler that has ever done this were in the main light, the main storyline, a heavyweight division, or could go as well as Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega deserves this and he's doing great. It's also cool he's doing this as a heel. Kenny Omega has technically two world titles in Impact. He has this, I think AAA. it's a card, in Impact, in AAA, um, which he's defending against Andrade several months from now, which I'm, I'm very apprehensive about it because it's in August. So I wonder if he's going to lose the AEW title by then. Um, he's been a great AEW champion as a heel. Um, the whole thing with with him with the titles, I love it. I, I, I like Kenny. I do have beef where I think back to four years ago when he was U S and world champion in new Japan, and he'd be running around with the bullet club and he would forget to travel with his belt and they'd be taking promo pictures and he wouldn't have his. So I say that because he has four belts, but often you see him with three. He forgets his triple A belt a lot. <laughs> me personally as a belt snob, I don't like that. I don't appreciate that. I, I It does not suit the character. Uh, I, it, it makes me question his commitment to it. And that is me as a super fan. Literally, and for all the long time listeners, I, I have been like this close to, I need to subscribe to Conrad's ad free shows because he has a, a show just about mm-hmm. championship belts. That, like, that's what I'm here for.
1: So, <laughs> all right now, now the super elite. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Uh, you know, many months ago, before the Bucks turned heel, I was looking forward to an illustrious Bucks versus the Good Brothers tag team match. Um, I'm sure the Good Brothers are just getting paid to be there. That it seems it seems like they they treat it as a shoot. They don't want to wrestle. They they're they're paid to wrestle or an impact, so they're probably collecting a check and doing a favorites of friends by showing up for an AEW. I don't know what the whole situation is there. Um, Bucks are heels. The five of them make a good group. You know, to flip the script or, or on you with that question, what is your thoughts on this rumor that? WWE and New Japan may be in some type of partnership.
1: Well, with that, WWE must be trying to get into j- the Japanese market because if you remember last year, Triple H, somebody asked Triple H on one of those conference calls that uh, are you open to working with other promotions? And he said, of course we're open to it. If it, Of course we're open to it. But the thing is, if when you're on top, you have to work with something that's going to benefit you. You know, working with AEW isn't really going to, Benefit WWE. It's going to benefit AEW more than it would WWE from, from a business perspective Whether you like AEW more or not WWE WWE is still going to be on top um, and Like for example when, when WWE went to the India stuff when you talk about we talked about that early when they made Jinder Mahal the champion That was because they were starting this whole India thing, you know, so they're doing what's best for them to promote themselves in India and If WWE they must be trying to get into the Japanese market even more and that's all and like i'll be interested to see if it happens who and on how they bring guys in or not. I, I know they said they would send some guys to japan as well and that was like one thing daniel Bryan was kind of interested in before he actually before his contract expired or whatever his situation is but i i don't think it's bad you know um i'm not you don't think it's bad like i'm sure they can create a bunch of dream matches out, out of that stuff and um i'll be interested in seeing it but as far as that, it's like the WWE. They they must be trying to get into the Japanese market because it's, it's it's all just a business business with them. It's not it's not always about entertainment. It's more about the business aspect. Yeah, that
0: completely business wise, that does completely make sense.
1: So another the other person I want to ask you about, and I talked about at the top of the show. You disagree with me, um, Cody. Uh, <laughs> so, all
0: right, time out. I, I'm happy you said that. So you started at the top of the show. I want to make sure the the uh, the good old verbiage was correct. Cody's terrible was your notes for the show. Yeah, that was my note. Cody's,
1: ter- Cody's terrible. And then on top of the show, I said, Cody cut a terrible promo. That's what I said. I
0: know, I
1: know. But <laughs> yeah, I said Cody's terrible. Yeah. For, for uh,
0: notes for the show. All right. So what did you find terrible about this?
1: So – Every, so, for example, with Cody, when AEW first started, and Grant, you you've kind of fell into this position as well. We talked about certain matches or whatever. Like for example, I'll give you Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte at WrestleMania, and since there was no fans, you don't really have any recollection of it, or you just and you don't care, or whatever. So, and with AEW, we talked about the fan base. AEW's growth has stunted because of the because of the pandemic. Because there are no fans, so certain things don't get over True. as they should. So I talked about um, the super elite coming together. That was a moment that needed fans there, because that's what that that's what that audience was waiting for to see on television, not just in Japan on you on on YouTube or whatever. Sting debuting, whether or not you care about Sting, that was a moment that should have that was a big moment that would have been big coming to come across. Oh, for on sure, TV. AEW had
0: plenty of those. Deserves- and God forbid I say it, you won't like it. AEW had more of those moments than New York
1: did. Oh, definitely. I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna lie. I'm not I'm not gonna debate that at all. Especially especially with them being a newer company, so everything's already a bigger moment than bigger moment than bigger moment than anything WWE would really do. But with Cody, like you may agree with me about this too. He kinda comes off like, granted, like I said, before AEW started. Cody, the Bucks, and Kenny, we saw them minimal, and you couldn't agree with that. You know, we saw them on Ring of Honor or whatever. We saw them on New Japan, but we didn't really see them on a week-to-week basis, unless it's on being the elite. So we didn't really have to, like, have a bunch of, like, storyline progression all the time on, tele- on a wrestling show on a week-to-week basis. So with Cody, since the TNT title stuff last year, since he won it, he has not had a great story at all. Not the way. He, he's not had any one good story. You know, the,
0: but that's almost a tip of the hat to him. He could be shoving his self down people's throats. Oh but he's no, not. he's been oh. lower mid card. Oh no,
1: no, I, no, I'm not, I'm not knocking for not being in the main event. It's just that nothing he's done has really been amazing. And okay. I, and I think he, and I like Cody, with in, in a lot of aspects. I know
0: you do. That that's another reason why I was surprised by the title of the topic. I'm gonna let you run with this before I. Uh, carry
1: it yeah and, and at a certain point it's like i think he kind of thinks he's bigger than what he is because that's, that's kind of like the way he presents himself and like he kind of pigeonholed himself by with that whole stipulation that he can't challenge for the title or whatever and that kind of holds him back but i really think he just really needs a heel turn for the most part because i don't think anything he's really done in the past year has been entertaining and the way he presents himself he present, presents presents himself as like this big deal Or whatever, as as a somewhat of a main eventer, even though he's not in the main event. And you may agree with me, you may disagree with me or not, but he's better than this guy on the microphone. But he's kind of he kind of seems to. And I heard on another podcast, he kind of falls into he kind of seems like the new Jeff Jarrett.
0: Man, the disrespect on this other end of the microphone (laughs) is incredible. Um, all right. You still got more, right? No, go ahead. All right, so my whole thing with it, because originally at the the top of the show, you harped on his, his promo being terrible. So I actually commend the man because whether it be the several different promos build up to his double or nothing match or two, three weeks ago, his promo... And I am not by any means. And and this this can quickly go from being a 49-minute podcast to a three-hour podcast, which I'm doing everything in my power to avoid. Um, However, I'm not the most patriotic human being in the world. I commend Cody for being semi-patriotic. I extremely almost bow to the man and respect him for being you you of all people one of the biggest wrestling fans I know how many times do you remember in the early 2000s then obviously forever in wrestling was the America versus anyone a huge gimmick oh
1: always or, it or, usually was
0: it, the the flag was always a gimmick or America versus them. America versus this. And, and granted, this storyline had a smidge of that. A lot of people were trying to say it was a lot of that. Um, that's something that's not easy to be done right now. Cody with that promo that I actually, it hit home to me because I thought it was great. Um, maybe I see it through different glasses, and this may piss off other listeners, but. Cody's in unique shoes with his point of view on life and he spoke from the heart. I mean, I actually appreciate everything he said because he actually is talking about his real life scenario at home, his real life family at home, um, his real life mixed relationship, his real life mixed child that is going to enter the world in the near future. Um, He is "Quote unquote, the American nightmare." His father was the American dream, so the pay homage to America. It's it's a no brainer for the character. So when anyone hates or is like, "Oh, it's tired," it's blah, blah blah blah. Well, for so many years, I mean, besides Cena versus Rusev, the American flag really hasn't been a gimmick in matches for years. So. And, and then also, when it was Cena versus Rusev, people were not behind Cena. People do love Cody. Yes, he does have his haters. However, he has way more, I think, people that appreciate him than hate him. So, I really appreciate everything he did about his promo because there is... And, and right now, it's, it's disgusting it's ugly to say, but nobody, most people are not proud to be American. Um, I had a friend, I went out to breakfast and I forgot a mask. This is, I don't know, eight, nine, 10 months ago. I I forgot a mask. So as a joke, I gave somebody money. They ran into a store for me and bought me an American flag mask. I was literally perceived by 10 people over the next three weeks as a racist because I had a mask on that had the American flag. I was immediately assumed as multiple things. One, racist, two, a Trump supporter, a Trump voter, uh, somebody that doesn't sympathize with X, Y, and or Z. And I was extremely confused because the first couple times this opinion was approached to me, I was like, where is this coming from? They're like, oh, your mask. What about my mask? First off, I don't even want to wear one. Well, you got an American flag on. You know, that means... What does that mean? It means I'm American, like you, the person I was talking to at that moment. So, Cody, you know, starts that promo off with what I don't know if a lot of people don't want to touch. And I don't think a lot of people are giving him the respect for it. Like, it, God forbid, is almost ugly to be American right now. You know, and especially him, who is standing there in white skin. It, it, it's not easy to stand up and preach and love that he's American. Especially with the crowd, he, you know, he's, he's a uh, multicultural person. You know, he comes from a Cuban mother, has a African-American wife, uh, surrounds himself by many uh, multicultural wrestlers, and... Who knows what he's perceived by in the locker room, but because of that promo several weeks ago, I respect the guy even more. I like the guy. If there's anything I can do is not badmouth him or think his promos are terrible.
1: Well well, I, I didn't make it I didn't I wasn't intending to make it as America versus um the UK. So
0: and That's the thing that like a lot of people, and I've seen it on the forums, I've seen it on their sheet, a lot of people her doing that. A lot of people hate on that, say, said that's tacky, that's old school, because they did the things with the flag. But however, one, that hasn't been done in a long time, so get over it, because everywhere, if you want to hate her in AEW, j- just like you were trying to say, like, don't appreciate AEW because they use the old timer, and then shit on WWE when they use the old timer. Don't don't hate AEW because they use the old tactic and WWE use old tactics seven times a week. So, America versus something hasn't really been used that much lately. You could almost argue in the last 10 years, it's been Rusev versus Cena and no one else. What? You want to go Jack Swagger? Wow, where's that argument going to go? Oh, yeah. So
1: I'm not arguing patriotism. using,
0: using, Using Cody for patriotism Beautifully executed. There's not a better storyline for it.
1: Okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue your point, but I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't making it against all oh, this patriots is, patriotism storyline is terrible. Th- then my big question is, what was so terrible about his problem? I just thought that like all that all the extra stuff of the context is like, granted, it's, maybe it might be ignorant of me because maybe it ain't, maybe I haven't watched everything for it to see. Like I'm not sure how in depth this has been about patriotism. Is it has it really? Been, been that deep in the Patriots? I don't
0: think I don't think it has. There, there is something I haven't watched, but I know there was. There's something out there where Cody talks about how he's the one that scouted Anthony Ogogo to be with the company. Okay, so I don't know if that talks about. Okay, any, I, don't, I don't know what that talks
1: about. Okay, about. so basically, like my like for me, it was just like, where is this coming from? I I, I, I might have missed something, but basically, like, where is all this coming from? I'm, I might have missed, missed some stuff. Could be. Yeah, possibly. But my, that was just my whole point. It's like, where, where is this coming from? Because like, this, this seems odd. It seems coming out of nowhere. But the whole patriotism, that storyline is always going to work in wrestling. And no matter what, it's, it always seems to work in most in yeah. cases.
0: And another thing, and, and, you know, I honestly, I enjoyed the match. I thought it had a abrupt ending. I, I didn't think it was very climatic the way the match ended, especially for Cody to once-in-a-lifetime use his dad's name and call himself that this weekend he was the American Dream, Cody Rhodes. Well, I thought it was dope. I thought, if anything, it was something he should have saved. However, uh, I, I thought it was well-executed, especially for it not to have a climatic entrance or ending. I'm sorry, a climatic ending to the match. I thought it could have ended a little well, more spectacular.
1: One thing that I didn't care for it was it was a note on commentary. Commentary they kept talking about how Anthony Gogo wasn't ready, or he kept all the mistakes he kept making. That's one thing I didn't really care for about it. Even though I understand the storyline about him, he he was a part of the Nightmare Factory, correct?
0: Yeah, technically, all these guys that are now with um, Mo Dixon, what's that's his name?
1: Okay. Okay, because I remember, because I wasn't sure if he was a part of the group, a part of the, um, I the breakdown I love everyone initially. In commentary calling,
0: I'm um, the worst of names, dude that you say at the Apple. What was that? Dude, guy leading the, the factory, what's his name? Oh,
1: QT Marshall.
0: I love everyone on commentary. Like, is rough around the edges of an yes, I'm not going to argue that. Uh, there's a lot of mumbling, a lot of stuttering, a lot of wrong words. However, I love them calling QT Marshall a uh, want to be Tony Soprano.
1: <laughs> All right, so one more thing about, I made a Cody, co- comment about Cody. He Com- see, seems like the, the new Jeff Jarrett. Now, not saying Jeff Jarrett wasn't bad, but a lot of people presume Jeff Jarrett as kind of presenting himself as a bigger deal than what he actually was. And maybe it's just maybe for Cody. It's just in the moment. Maybe if he turns heel, it'll, it'll Spe- be a different story.
0: Specifically, specifically off that, yeah, I, I can't, I can't, I can't agree because he's top three biggest straws
1: in the company. Well, th- th- that's all right. So I understand that, but. Because I don't think that this will really go anywhere. But you, when you see, my bill. For example, like Jeff Jarrett in TNA, for for example, in his for his entire career, Jeff Jarrett presented <laughs> himself as the biggest star in TNA. And oh, a lot,
0: of, t- and Jeff a lot Jarrett, of
1: stuff. And a, Jeff a lot Jarrett of stuff. Did that,
0: and he made himself world champion multiple times. And Cody Rhodes said, "Hey, I'm going to make sure I'm never world oh, it's not, champion." it's not. About, so it's it's not about. It's not
1: about. It's not about the world titles at the moment. It's just about how, know, you, I, how you. Present I know. Mean, I. I'm just saying
0: what what. I'm just pointing out something quickly in this debate that cody did to make sure that oh yeah comparison pro- I i think he probably did that so this comparison is not done
1: yeah i'm not saying it's perbatim you know i'm not saying perbatim but a lot of stuff i'm just saying it just feels a lot of, a little flat whether you disagree with me or not it's just it was just a thought and i kind of agreed with agree with not not every bullet point for jared against cody but i kind of see where it's coming from it and I said, who knows, Cody, AEW's only a year and a half, almost, about a year and a half, two years old. Who knows? He could easily turn around. You know, who knows? He might actually get back in the title scene. I, but I really think, in a long run, he needs a heel turn. Bad. Yeah.
0: Uh, I mean, I, I hope and pray. He, he may, I, I hope and pray at one point, maybe five years into the company, he is, you know, a heel. and says, well, can I break the rules? I'm world cha- uh, I'm, con- you know. I want to contend for the world championship. I hope that eventually does happen. I don't want this company to be four years, five years, 10 years, 19 years old, and he's never able to be world champion. Oh, he'll be because, world champion. Because he, he's, you know, proclaimed enough that he's retiring at a certain age, and that's only so far from now.
1: <laughs> All right. So, also, I double another weekend. We had AW FanFest Fest Now. We'll just run through this quickly. Um, On arrival at Series 8, there were no renders, but that's Jericho, Moxley, Cassidy, Chris Statlander, and Best Friends. I'm sure four, well, three of these will be repaints. So I'm not really interested in that. Anything interests you out of that?
0: Obviously, all the new people. Okay. I'm kind of surprised that Statlander, uh, uh, over so many certain people, is up already. I want, I'm going to sound like an asshole. I wonder if that's something because she's a creator pro guy, uh, creator pro gal, and, um, you know, certain people in the figure community did so many touting to get her there so quick. Because she's been hurt.
1: Yeah, she was hurt, but before she got hurt, she was pretty popular. Before she got hurt. And then we got. Prep like weirdo. Then we got Unmatched Series One. Britt Baker, who is the Chase, Darby Allen, Dustin, Kenny Omega, Cody's the LJN, and Miro.
0: Well, if that Cody we saw at the fan fest is the one from this, that Cody's fire. I'm grabbing that. And I, I would hope to get both uh, both Britt Breakers. But yeah, I, I like this set. Right. The AEW said, look, I'm, I'm going to make some drastic cutbacks on my, my WWE figure collection for the right reasons and wrong reasons. There are people I don't want to get rid of that I'm going to get rid of to do the right thing. But the AEW collection is going to keep the Blossom. Uh, every new character, I'm going to get their first one. And I'm, I'm going to try to keep the collection going as best as I can.
1: Yeah, th- They're trending because like, we're at the point where, especially with these new renders, there's a lot of repaints. Especially like the Bucks, for example. They're going sure. to be a repaint. And Cody's already had a few repaints. So it's going to be interesting to see how everybody spreads actually, their money.
0: Actually, it's funny. I've had some stressed out moments because, um, you know, they were talking about the season, er, AEW Wave 1 Series B. And they were like, oh, okay, now that that's corrected, what figures were not corrected? And they said that the U.K. one wasn't. And I already had had this in the mail for like a couple days. I am like, oh my God, was this one not it? And then I heard the next podcast. They're like, oh, just as a correction, that one actually has the right skin tone. So I am looking forward to opening the uh, AEW UK Cody ring. I like this red display piece because I hate the Mattel basic rings.
1: (laughs) Then we got Unmatched Series 2 with Steve Borden, MJF, Warlow, Santana Ortiz, and Tynara.
0: Just that alone, hearing that, that makes me kind of halt my uh, wholesale deal, and I feel like I got to keep all my sting figures. <laughs> because what I've been doing is I've been trying to like sell everything. I'm like, all right, well, if you're an AEW guy, I'm keeping the figures. Right. So I randomly keeping Christian stuff, but like any edge figure can go. The only edge, fi- I-, I think I care about two edge figures, and then like two are for sale, like the Ultimate Edition that just came out the box. Hey, if I can get my money back, boom. All right, but so
1: Christian
0: is like. Because he's an AEW guy, I'm going to keep them all. all
1: right. Unmatched Series 3, you got Brody Lee, Anna J, John Silver, Stu Grayson, Evil Uno, and Darby Allen as the LJN. Give, give,
0: me, give me Brody Lee as the chase. I need him in a suit, and I need him in a ring gear.
1: Then Unrivaled 7, Young Bucks in Laker gear, FTR, Lance Archer, and Nyla Rose.
0: What do you think about Bucks in Laker gear?
1: Not getting it. That, that, I'm I can't. I'm, I'm not i not going to get suckered into these repaints. Especially when they... How do
0: you notice that's a repaint?
1: They showed the render.
0: You still need it. I'm good. Wait. I'm, I'm buying them free as a gift.
1: Okay, I'll accept. I accept it as a gift. But other than that, I I can't get yeah, to. Yeah. We had a I'm long di- a we had a long discussion about I'm money. buying
0: for as a gift. I don't want to get into you not owning these figures. I want. I, I don't want you to say nothing that good about. Because I want you to appreciate it when you get them. I want you to be happy. I want you to come on the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to Mad Madness. I just got uh, these young. Oh, uh, I appreciate. I appreciate
1: gifts. I appreciate gifts. I, I just know I'm not spending my money on it. We just lot. Told- oh, I- we just talked about. We,
0: Lakers fan. We just talked about Russell this fan,
1: before we start. Before I hit play, we, we talked about this already, and that's one thing I'm not getting into is, is these repaints. And um, so that's it from the weekend. yet. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the Britt Baker, and then um, uh, yeah, just a lot a lot, of, a lot of these guys. I don't need another one of MJF. I'll get it because he has the robe.
0: That robe is nice.
1: Uh, Santana and Ortiz I like that way better than the newer ones and I'll get the Brody Lee
0: I'm I'm here for it all I'm actually upset that I'm going to have two AEW full scale rings I'm cutting my full loose WWE uh, elite collection in more than half I'm going to have a WWE elite scale ring I'm going to have two AEW rings with a small AEW collection I need that I need that that, that all be wrapped
1: yeah, because speaking of WWE, I I was looking at some of my uh, my expensive announce team I have. Gorilla in, um I can't get rid of Fink. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't. Uh, announce. I looked at I looked at announcer Vince. I, I
0: <sighs> that that was one of the quick ones when I was going through. Pretty much everybody in, in suits. I can't. I I uh, what's it go J and J. and the Singh Brothers are like the only actually the Kurt Angle I think I put those up but who knows they may all stay
1: alright so that's it for the show Uh, no we
0: we actually we got the return of a listener question okay good friend of the show Sean Walker has a question okay he says so I have a question for the podcast not pertaining to anything current but still I'm going to need some answers. Who do you think has spilled more? Do you think Flair has spilled more liquor all around the world or has Stone Cold spilled more beer?
1: Oh, Ric Flair. to age. <laughs> per age.
0: That is a solid answer. And, 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 a solid and,
1: and, and per what? Six marriages?
0: Six marriages plus a much longer career. Um, my good friend Aaron is more than likely right. However, for argument's sake, I'm going to say Stone Cold has more than likely spilled more because I don't know if anyone has ever paid attention. When he gets pitched those beers, They're 12 ounce cans and he's maybe drinking three ounces. <laughs> then things are going all over him. He's spilling a lot. Um, or in camera, he's spilled a lot of beer. Imagine at the house shows he has spilled a lot of beer. Imagine him on tour buses; he spilled a lot of beer in the hotels everywhere. He spilled a lot of beer. So, for argument's sake, I'm going to go with Stone Cold has spilled more beer.
1: And also, he and also to add to your point, he does drink two or three at a time.
0: This makes a good point. <laughs> so, I greatly appreciate the question. Yeah, thank you, Sean. In-
1: All right, so. As always, subscribe on all podcast platforms. Head over to net for your Matt Madness gear. Head over to, head over to Ringside Collectibles and use promo code M madness, to save 10% off your order. That's it for the show. 4X2Fly, Eric Shenvicki. I'm Alo Aaron Lloyd and we'll see you guys soon. Talking other this madness. They talking other. They talking other. They hop on the top rope. About the land with this elbow. Got them now. Put them down right now. Hit them with the palm handle. Tuning up the band. Y'all don't understand. Fist a Superman.
0: It's a Summer Slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man. Man, I hate my balls. Shut the Vince McMahon. It ain't shake the land. Off the cell. Fans love it. Ain't hard to tell. Talking madness. Awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man. Y'all off the smell.